Welcome to Future Foodcast. I'm Pam Line Miller, your host, and I want to thank our sponsor, Farm to Plate. They're a software company committed to building tomorrow's food business ecosystem today. Our guest today is really in a niche market, and I am excited to bring their ideas to you because sometimes we we talk about generalities, but they are they are very specific with what they do and what their branding is. I have with me Paul Bauer. He is the vice president for bakery, cheese, and deli for Plum Market. Welcome to the podcast, Paul. Thanks so much for having me. Yeah, I'm excited to dive into what you do at Plum Market. But first of all, I don't know that a lot of our listeners have actually heard of you because you're in a certain area of the United States um, expanding, but tell us mm -hmm. a little bit about Plum Market. Yeah, so Plum Market uh, was founded in 2007 in Bloomfield, Michigan. So that's a suburb a little bit northwest of Detroit. Started off as a uh, fairly small specialty market focusing, uh, definitely focusing on natural and organic and the highest quality specialty foods we could get our hands on for our guests. Uh, so from there, we've expanded into three more large format grocery stores in the Detroit and Ann Arbor area. And then uh, the most recent thing, the, the big one, uh, is uh, two days before Christmas this last year, we opened in Aventura, which is just a little north of Miami in Florida. So that was a fun place to go visit in the, in the winter, for sure, as we were opening. That's where I'd be. That's for sure. I was with the Michigan-based company, I think, in the summer. And for our listeners who aren't in the U.S., which we have quite a few, Michigan gets really cold in the winter and snows and all of that. And down in Florida, where the that store is, is mm -hmm. pretty much beautiful all year round. So yeah, it's it's pretty consistently nice. I mean, definitely very sunny. Uh, don't yeah. like visiting there as much in the in the dead of summer. However, uh, you know, it's 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 still gorgeous. <laughs> That's true. That is very true. Uh, so you have these different stores and they're for consumers like me to come in and and um, shop like I love the idea of kind of artisan cheeses or some, you know, up leveling of what I find in a normal like, grocery store. You know, it's just not the regular American cheese or Swiss cheese. Mm -hmm. You're offering some different options for those of us who want to up level uh, what we're doing also in the bakery area well really across your entire brand but those are the easy ones for me to put my hands on um, as far as what I know and how do you figure out like what the consumers want I mean I guess since 2007 you figured out what your brand is and how you're providing that but there's got to be a balance there Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, yeah, for sure. We've had a lot of uh, a lot of time to get to know our guests and sort of zero in on on what we think they're going to like. And there's definitely a lot of trial and error. And I think we try to we try to stay creative. Uh, not everything you bring in is going to be a, a, a knockout. Uh, however, you know, I think keeping things fresh and and very intentional and trying to bring things in that we 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 understand that the folks who are making them are are doing something pretty unique and pretty special. I mean, one of the more, you know, one of the, I think, more successful stories that we have is uh, Idle Farms. Um, so that was started up in Northport, Michigan, which if you ever know somebody from Michigan, we do this a lot because the lower peninsula of our state looks kind of like a mitten. Detroit's down here and then Northport's going to be all the way up here. Uh, so now, the farm let me set, just pause for a second. For those who aren't watching on YouTube, if you're listening on podcast, Paul just put <laughs> his palm up, his hand together, because that's 
the shape of the state of Michigan. So he was pointing out geographically where mm. he was going from the, the yeah. uh, so south end in, uh, to the north. Yeah, just right. We're in the southeast corner of the state, uh, and uh, Northport is uh, in the northwest corner of our lower peninsula here in Michigan. But uh, Idle Farms is a really amazing farmstead goat creamery. Um, you know, all of the milk is sourced from their their own herd of goats, and you know we've stand we've stood behind them for a long time. Recently, they won a decent amount of awards at the American Cheese Society conference, which actually the American Cheese Society conference just celebrated its 40th year, which is pretty huge. So, you know, it's it's been great to collaborate with uh, great artisans. It's also been great to you know keep you know, keep abreast of different trends in the market and, and try to work as closely with different trade groups as we can to make sure that we're sourcing the best, you know, the best stuff we possibly can. And I know one thing that's been on my mind recently is, is the, is the amount of detail and the amount of care and concern uh, you need to have around a lot of these items, because, you know, for large grocery chains, I think a lot of, you know, a lot of the decision you're going to make on what to bring in is going to be based on the ease of, you know, carrying this, and minimizing shrink. And I was like, okay, this is going to last for a year. So it's easy enough for me to put it on the shelf. You know, for sure, there are a lot of aged cheeses that are going to last almost indefinitely because of, you know, their moisture content and the amount of salt that's in them. However, you know, some of our favorite stuff is is only going to last for a week or two once we bring it in. So, you know, threading that needle, trying to find out exactly how much you're going to need so that you're not, you know, going too big and incurring a lot of undue shrink. Or conversely, which is sometimes even worse, is if you don't bring enough in, you're going to you're going to run out and your set's going to look, you know, kind of decimated and, and really sad. So so one thing I think that we pride ourselves on at Plum is is being creative and doing that extra work to make sure that we're bringing in items that take a bit more can a, a little bit more intention to to carry. So one and thing I'm that sure. sort of set us apart for sure. I'm sure your customers look to you for that. They know that you are being intentional and being uh, caring about the not just having some product on the shelf, but what mm -hmm. it is and and having a good variety for them. But I, I think that's hard to figure out. I, you know, I think that takes a lot of work. Uh, mm -hmm. You're the one that does the work. Yeah. And you and your people. But how do you figure out, you know, that that inventory management piece so that you do have a good amount of product variety selection for your customers, but also, you know, that you're not going to be throwing a lot away or wasting, mm -hmm. you know, there's a good balance in there. Well, for sure. Over the years, you know, we've honed different techniques. We've used different tools. I mean, a lot of it was just Excel spreadsheets <laughs> at first, uh, but more recently, and one of the things that I think is the most interesting to me currently about our, our business and as we grow uh, is how we've le leveraged new technology to, you know, definitely we're working with, you know, electronic inventory management, which is a huge benefit for all the teams. It lets us see exactly what's coming in. And, you know, we were doing electronic recording for shrink as a, some, something that we're, we're starting working to launch. And then also what we've been getting into lately is planogramming software, which um, is really, really incredible, specifically actually for like the center store department. So that would be like grocery, dairy, frozen, you know, or these items that you have that are generally like going to be squares or rectangles, like easy enough to, to set them, you know, on those shelves. And then you create a digital map of exactly what is where. 
Uh, and what's really cool is after you've set that up, you can actually see a heat map sort of report of what's actually selling, what isn't doing so well, and you can use that data. You can use that data to to rearrange your sets, complete resets, just move things from one section to another, and it's been pretty great to to play around with for sure. Yes, it's it's really good to hear that Plum Market is taking advantage of some of the innovative technology that's available in the food industry. I think the food industry in particular, there's so much room for technology to help with things like you're talking about, that inventory management and the shrink. I mean, nobody wants food waste. That's a, that's a big focus for consumers and companies right now. You really have always been trying to minimize that, but Usually that's been in somebody's brain, or like you said, maybe they could have it on an Excel spreadsheet, but now we have more intelligent technology to help yeah. with those decisions and to know what's actually happening on the ground uh, mm -hmm. in the stores and the locations that you're serving. Well, yeah. speaking of the locations that you're serving, you're not just stores where I as a consumer would walk in and maybe buy some cheeses or some breads or go to the deli and have some great selections there that are different from what I would find just kind of in a regular run of the mill store. But you have other kinds of locations too. Yeah, we've definitely, you know, we've, um, I think we've leveraged and capitalized on our brand over the years. So, you know, we started out specifically as grocery for, you know, a number of years, and we've expanded out into, you know, doing food service for various institutional accounts, which is really cool. So our prepared foods department is is pretty famous. Like we do chef crafted meals, it's all made from scratch. Um, very, very tasty stuff. And it's one of the things that we sort of built our name on is you come into shop, but you can also essentially have one of the best lunches in town. Um, you know, so we, we've always sort of hung our hat on that department and we're all very proud of it. And so, you know, some of these different institutional accounts here in the Detroit area, like in the auto industry, will work with certain companies to essentially cater lunches for them. Uh, we also do some private schools in the area. Uh, very proud of our work with them. And then we also have, you know, some cafe concepts in uh, a couple of different colleges, actually. So like Butler University and Case Western Reserve, we have some op um, operations out there and we're always expanding. Um, it's been great to see the growth there. Um, and then uh, some some of us, some of the more velocity that we've seen, honestly, is in airport locations. Um, so that's been a focus for uh, for us. We years ago we opened a spot in the Detroit Wayne Airport. So right right at right at DTW um, in the McNamara Terminal. If you ever walk through there, we're one of the one of the first places you'll see as you get through security. Um, and we've taken that prepared foods concept and grab and go and and really I think sort of you know like honed that and 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 created a a really great area for folks in the airport need something small, but they want to make sure that it's, you know, going to be well-made with, with quality ingredients. You know, it's going to essentially like not leave them feeling horrible <laughs> after they've eaten it. So yeah, the airport, airport operations are growing. And then also, you know, we're growing down in Florida too. So there's, there's definitely a lot of things happening. And, and one thing I was thinking about recently, you know, about this technology that we're bringing on, um, I think it can be a little overwhelming for smaller independents to, to think about the amount of investment you have to make in some of these systems. Um, but I was thinking back to that first store we started in 2007 when, you know, all the directors, team leaders, definitely the owners were, were laser focused on that one location and spent, you know, countless hours in there and you, you'd see everything that happened and like really nothing escaped your notice and, and it gave you a lot of really good data and a lot of good info on, on what was happening. Kind of can't do that if you're a national company, you know, you're, you're not going to be in every store every day. So 
So this technology is giving us those eyes that that we we had. And so we're using, I think, sort of the same instincts and the and the same, you know, general um, idea that we are going to provide the best experience and the best service possible to the guests to, to try to get them to come back and, you know, and, and trust us as their partner to, to, to get the best food that they can. So using that technology in a very intentional way that is focused on the end result, you know, you know better guest service, I think, is, has been our guiding light. And so that's definitely allowed us, I think, to, to, to make some really informed choices on what we're going to use uh, as opposed to, you know, what might be really flashy. Well, I think you bring up a really good point, Paul, because a lot of companies in the in the food industry in particular, maybe they start out with one restaurant or like you, one location, and, and you pour everything into that and you have 100% attention on that. But then the challenge is, how do we scale and maintain our brand identity and the the things that are important to us as a brand and that our customers have come to expect and leveraging technology to be able to do that kind of rolling up to the executive level with some of the analytics and the insight into what's happening on the ground. I think that's a great use of technology. It sounds like Plum Market is is leveraging that yeah. ability to- well, and you also have a really fun location that you haven't mentioned yet, but I'm a huge sports fan. So I would love for you to mention your really fun location in um, downtown. Oh, yeah. So we, uh, we <laughs> oh, <worked> yes. <laughs> with the, the Pistons Performance Center in Detroit. So this was a really fun spot that we opened um, not too long ago. Um, and so it's right at a, a new facility in Midtown Detroit where the Detroit Pistons use to practice. And so, you know, when they're not playing games, they're usually using this facility um, to hone their skills. I mean, it's got really like beautiful administrative offices and conference rooms. And so we're right on the ground floor and we have, again, it's a, it's a pretty big prepared foods focus. Yeah, very nice. And I just had to mention that mm -hmm. for the sports fans out there. Well, it's fun to go visit because sometimes you'll get a, you'll get a glimpse of the players. Oh, nice. <laughs> so you'll be walking around. So very nice. who's like a really big sports nut tends to like try to work out of that location. Yes. Well, and also as someone who travels a lot, I'm always looking for some good food options. I am ecstatic that a company like Plum Market is, you know, putting their culinary expertise into that market, because I think there's a lot of room for growth there. I hope that you you see some great results as you continue to expand into the airport market. Uh, and also the institutional and schools, just elevating that, what we think of when you say the institutional market, it doesn't even sound good, right? Yeah. <laughs> like the, the car manufacturers up there, some big companies, mm -hmm. you're, you're up-leveling uh, that food experience as well, Definitely. that dining experience. Yeah, I think that's that's essentially one of the things that we've we've found as you know a really just uh, successful area for us is you know working in sometimes non traditional areas where you know a lot of these places are going to get you know catered lunch from local restaurants generally as like you know a sort of a thank you to the staff. Whereas you know some of these companies are you know every day, every day, every workday of the week, you know we're we're bringing them some pretty amazing chef crafted meals that are you know healthful, like whole foods, definitely like you know real stuff. So <laughs> I think it's it makes a big difference, and I know for sure that. That the you know the teams at these uh, at these companies definitely appreciate it. So, 
Uh, well, Paul, so you are really specialized in the bakery and the cheese and the deli area. Are, are you seeing that the consumer demand is for, you know, better foods in that area or healthier options or what are you seeing? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. What we're seeing is uh, huge growth in vegan and gluten-free. Um, you know, we've always focused uh, as much as possible on all natural items, um, and we've seen just tremendous growth. I mean, specifically in the bakery, um, we're also, you know, a lot of the folks that were that are coming to shop at our stores are looking for uncured um, salamis, meats. So, you know, these are things that are nitrate and nitrite free. And so we're seeing a lot of growth there. Um, but yeah, generally, I think people are looking for, you know, foods that don't have a, an ingredient list a mile long. <laughs> and so as much as possible, we're working with, you know, smaller artisans that are using very minimal ingredients to create, you know, super tasty and definitely, you know, sometimes super sweet and decadent treats, but, um, you know, using as, as natural and, and as few ingredients as possible. So I for sure have seen like a huge explosion in a lot of you know, more healthy bakery items and for sure more healthy deli items. We are also hearing that on the Future Foodcast as we speak with food industry people and um, providers of services and food that that is the trend in the consumer market. But um, has COVID, you know, we we went through this pandemic situation and, you know, things have changed a little bit as far as buying habits. Mm. What have you seen at Plum Market as far as your areas in, in the changes in any kind of consumer buying habits or trends that were happening, you know, in 2018 or 2019 and now how how they are in 2023? Yeah, I mean, COVID was, you know, obviously it was a huge disruption everywhere. Uh, but for the food industry specifically, I mean, you know, we had all of these restaurants shut down. Um, so our prepared foods department for sure saw a huge, a huge increase in business because people were still looking for something that was prepared and, and ready to eat, you know, like, um, you know, grabbing something to bring home for dinner. Um, but we also saw a, a lot of growth, you know, in my departments and in, in those sort of like the perishable sort of perimeter of the store departments. Uh, I think folks who were getting a little bit more creative with cooking, I think, you know, a lot of people as they were staying home had a little bit more free time and maybe wanted to experiment for sure with baking. I mean, that was that was definitely there were some memes flying around in, in early 2020 about folks, uh, you know, trying to learn how to bake. You know, we had a lot of people, um, you know, just like I think trying to grab ingredients and we, and we saw a lot of more people cooking at home. And I think what's interesting is that I've I've noticed that trend sort of. Uh, it's main, it's maintaining. I mean, obviously, when the restaurants opened back up, we saw some shifts in, in buying patterns. But we're still we're still seeing a lot of people, you know, getting specialty cheeses that they're going to go home and use as part of like a big dish, you know. And I think, you know, we saw we just saw those shifting patterns of the way that people were were buying food, and it was you know definitely some prepared stuff. But also, I think people got. Uh, over maybe their fear of cooking at home. And, and I think it's stuck for a lot of our guests. So it's been interesting to see, you know, to see like we had sort of an artificially inflated amount of business in 2020 and 2021 because there was nobody else to shop with, essentially. You know, you had like nobody was going to restaurants. We sort of saw a little bit of a correction of that in the last year, but now we're, you know, we're back to, I think, sort of an equilibrium. And what's been interesting is just how each year the, the holidays have been completely different 
<laughs> in terms of what people are looking for and in, in terms of like if they're even in town. Uh, I know we had a lot of people like as soon as they could were just going wherever they could uh, for the holidays just to get out of Dodge. And so we saw, you know, a little bit less, less, um, you know, foot traffic than we would in, in normal years, but it seems like everything's sort of coming back to normal, but it's, it's always a bit of a moving target. That's so interesting. I know I, for one, sought out some new recipes with some interesting ingredients. And I, I was one of those consumers that was trying out new things and because we were cooking a lot more at home. And so I can see the the interesting thing about that, Paul, is that maybe some customers who didn't know about you before because they had the place they normally went out or found you and, and found mm. you as a resource. So maybe there was a little bit of slacking off, but then they know you're there and they're coming back for the types of products that they know you provide because you branded so well. So yeah. I think- yeah, as things settle out, we'll we'll see how all that happens. But hopefully, well, and I think we built we not to interrupt, but we yeah, built no. a lot of loyalty uh, in the early days of COVID. We were very very quick to adopt pretty strict cleaning measures. Um, you know, social distancing we embraced like right away. Um, so I know a lot of our guests who would come into shop um, were very comfortable uh, because of the different you know pretty drastic measures that we've taken that increased, you know, quite a bit of labor just to just to run the store, to, you know, make the aisles one way to make more room for people to, you know, we had special shopping hours for some of our older, or you know, compromised guests, uh, that they'd have a much lower capacity of, of guests in the store at, at a time. Uh, and I think it, you know, it went a long way to, to really impart to our guests that we care about them. Um, and we want them to have a good time. And we want them to, you know, stick around. For sure. So, right. It was one thing that we did very well and we're yeah. very proud of. True to your brand and going the extra mile to give your customers that experience mm -hmm. that was a quality experience for them and, and also, you know, helped with the whole situation. I mean, none of us want to go back through that again, but yeah, it was, it was wild. <laughs> it was a little wild. It was a lot wild, actually. Well, listen, Paul, we, I, I love Plum Market. I'm I'm in the Southeast United States. If I go to Florida, I'm coming to see you definitely. If I'm coming to Michigan, I'm going to downtown Detroit to mm -hmm. the Pistons <laughs> location to see uh, that location. But is there anything else you'd like to share with us today about Plum or about the food industry in general or even about yourself? We would love to uh, leave our listeners with some fun fact or yeah well one thing that's been on my mind recently uh, and I mentioned it uh briefly earlier so the American Cheese Society conference was um it was founded back in 1983 so they're celebrating their 40th anniversary this year I just sent um my support staff out to Des Moines Iowa last week for uh their conference um and it's just it's been really great to see the um the emergence and then just the success and the growth of you know really high quality very specialty artisan cheese making in this country um you know years ago it used to be a joke that you know what is what is american cheese and american cheese was always synonymous with you know an oil-based processed craft single um, and I do think that, you know, as we've grown and, you know, as as a lot of these artists and cheesemakers are, are taking home international awards, it's great to see like a shift in that perception. And so I think it's it's just been really great to see. So I'm, I just want to congratulate everybody who's involved with that organization. And it's been great to be a part of it as it grows. Exciting. And I, I hope to see a lot. You know, I, I hope to see that, you know, 
bleeding over into other areas of, of American artisan food making. I mean, for sure, and, you know, I think we make some of the best beer in the world. That's that's internationally recognized. And I think, you know, American food culture is becoming more sophisticated. And also, I think it's becoming a lot more accessible. So that's really, really cool. And that's something we want to we want to foster at Plum and, and support any way we can. Very nice. And that whole local sourcing or more local sourcing is really a trend that is yeah, and we highlight it. Anything, anything that we get that's from within about 350 miles, or like you know what you could get to in about a tank of gas, we'll we'll usually have special signage for it, and we we definitely promote it, and you know we'll do in-store demos and tastings, and you know events with with the folks who make it. Um, one thing that we do in the back end is anytime we're bringing in something local, we'll actually have all of the various team leaders from the different stores. Uh, we'll all get on a, a Zoom or a Microsoft Teams meeting with with the producers and and just really drive drill down into to what what makes them so unique and and I think it goes a long way toward you know hyping up their 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 amazing products. Absolutely, and I'm so glad that you're promoting the local products. I I wouldn't expect anything less from a brand like Plum Market mm -hmm. from what I've heard today, and I really appreciate you being with us, Paul. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me. It's been it's been awesome. And thank you to our sponsor, Farm to Plate. They're enabling better food supply chain management. You can find out more at farmtoplate.io. Thanks for listening to Future Foodcast. Future Foodcast is powered by Farm to Plate, the leading food blockchain platform. Subscribe on YouTube or wherever you listen to podcasts to stay up to date with the very latest innovations in the food industry.